two very prominent Christian leaders, Albert Moeller and Andy Stanley, have kind of gotten into a, a little bit of an intramural war. Kerfuffle. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And, and um, uh, let me kind of give you some of the context and then why we're talking about this. So Al Moeller is the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, one of the biggest seminaries. I think it's the biggest in the country, one of the biggest in the world. And um, Andy Stanley is a very famous, prominent pastor. His dad was Charles Stanley, who was a former president of the Southern Baptist Convention. Right. And he's not in the in the SBC. But um, basically, you know, Al Mohler wrote uh, an article recently attacking Andy Stanley and saying that he's abandoned biblical Christianity. So mm-hmm. that's the question. It's over the issue of sexuality. Right. So is Al Mohler right? Has Andy Stanley crossed over into a full denial of Christianity? Or is Al Mohler being judgmental? mental and pharisaical. And when it comes to these topics, you know, we can be overly sensitive. So maybe Al Moore is just being overly sensitive. Right. So I want to talk about this because it's, I think this really is relevant for every Christian. It's sort of one moment in time mm-hmm. that to me says, um, this is happening a ton. I'm seeing this a ton right. with evangelical leaders who are speaking about LGBTQ plus issues that it's hard to understand for the average person, okay, what's happening here? Are views shifting mm-hmm. or is this just really love and compassion? And yeah. so we have to be discerning about these issues. Yeah, just like you were saying, you know, when is it like going too far and when are you pointing fingers for no reason? Mm-hmm. Or when is there actually something to be on the lookout for um, when you kind of notice patterns and like see maybe drifts in people, yeah. you know, what, what are the signs? Like what we, should we be looking for? Yep, absolutely. So. so let me give you a little context about kind of what's been happening in the last year. Now with Andy Stanley, there's been some things that have been concerning for a while, right? His mm-hmm. whole thing of we need to unhitch from the old Testament or um, just kind of some of his statements about well, we shouldn't focus on the inerrancy of scripture. Mm-hmm. So there's been like kind of just confusing things at times. <laughs> But in January, uh, Stanley had this clip go viral where he extols the virtues of LGBTQ plus Christian. Again, that's when we use these terms, these are terms that the, the world has that you can yeah. understand. I'm not saying I like these terms or would endorse them. But he was talking about the Christians in his congregation that are homosexual. And he says, um, it, this is a quote from that, that clip of this message. He says, if we could figure out how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know, we would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. And he goes on, he says, a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have a lot, they have more faith than a lot of you. And then he went on to refer to, he said, I know the passage, I know Romans 1, 1 Corinthians 6, I know these passages, and he called them clobber passages. I know the, I know the mm. clobber passages. So, very confusing. A lot of people are going, wait, what's what's going on here? Is he yeah. is he saying this is okay? Because the language here is not it's not really clear about should a person who's in a homosexual lifestyle repent of that or well, just talking kind of being dismissive about key passages on yeah. this particular issue, it yeah, it leads to a lack of clarity. Like what is yes, it, right it, now? passages that help if you're in sin to help to clarify and call you right. out of sin, right? So like yeah. a, if I read Ephesians four as a thief, if I'm a thief, I'm not, but if I steal things and I read <laughs> Let the thief no longer steal, I'm not feeling 
I might, I might feel judged. I might feel, I might feel condemned, mm-hmm. but there's something really beautiful and good about that. Cause it shows me, right. Oh, this isn't the way God called me to live. I need to yeah. repent and find life and truth and forgiveness mm-hmm. in Jesus. All of it's in light of the gospel, yeah. right? You know, the deliverance that Jesus has provided for us, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. from that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to hear more specifically about how Christians should think about and respond to these topics of homosexuality and, you know, transgenderism, all the rest. We have videos on this channel. I mean, really there's some of our most watched videos cause these are, you know, issues people care about a lot. Yeah. So, um, we have one about, you know, does God make people gay? We have one that's called, it's a sermon called the gospel for the LGBT plus community. Mm-hmm. We have ones on transgenderism pronouns, all that stuff. Yeah, so we're not going to, we're not going to answer all those questions. Um, other than to say the biblical view of marriage is one man and one woman for life. And anything outside of that is an offense to God. It's sin, right? So we all, I think a lot of us commit sins in the sexual realm, but that doesn't mean we should just overlook homosexuality as, you know, when you live out that lifestyle, when you engage in fantasies or in actions Mm -hmm. in line with that, you are living in sin. Right. So anyway, so Andy Stanley hosted a conference that was just a few days ago. So it's September 28th, 29th, called the Unconditional Conference. And the conference, I, I think it's really fair <clears throat> to say, it seems like the conference from his, his message he gave, it's founded on the assumption that if someone comes out to you as gay, then you, Christians basically have been mistreating people. Right. And it's really bad as a Christian to go to that person and to say, here's what God's word says. Yeah. That's kind of always treated in the, in the, these talks he's had about this topic. It's like the as church if, is doing it wrong. It's yeah. not working. Yeah. You know, so. That's condemning or that's judgmental. If you, if you mm-hmm. go to them with scripture, right. Then multiple speakers in this conference that's designed to help families learn how to kind of deal with a, you know, a kid coming out of the closet. Mm-hmm. Multiple speakers in this conference are well known for their advocacy of homosexuality. Yeah. So this is what really got people confused because um, you know, people that would put gay marriage in the same place as biblical heterosexual marriage and multiple speakers are openly homosexual. Right. Two, two of them, uh, Justin Lee and Brian Neitzel. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the last name, but two of them are actually in homosexual marriages, right? Mm-hmm. What the world would call a marriage, homosexual marriage. Uh, we would not call it that, obviously. But so you have two different guys who are married. You got guy uh, David Gushy is one of the guys there, and he's been a very vocal advocate for Christians embracing homosexuality mm-hmm. as a good and holy lifestyle. Oh, it's so dangerous. And weren't even some of these people not even claiming to be Christian too, as I understood. I, it. I hadn't heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. But but it's you know problematic. Well, so they're not. <laughs> so I, I think it's good to pause here and just say, okay, a, a few a few things that we could say are good things mm-hmm. that are trying to be done here that that we can at least understand the perspective. One is people should be able to confess sin in the church. Yeah. There shouldn't be a category of sin or categories of sin that are so, seen as so heinous that mm-hmm. someone couldn't find help and repentance and all that stuff, right? right. Um, parents of kids who are struggling with these things should have amazing support in the church. Mm-hmm. They f- shouldn't feel like they can't talk to people about this. Yeah, And um, and Christians can do a lot better at all of the above. Absolutely. And, and we'll always be able to grow in that, no doubt. But Al Mohler wrote an article in response and it was titled, The Train is Leaving the Station, Andy Stanley's Departure from Biblical Christianity. 
So he points out in this article, you can read it yourself, but he points out that Andy Stanley has a murky record of giving any clarity on this issue, which is right. totally true. I don't yeah. know how anyone can deny that. He's really been unclear about this. And then he points out the problems with people in the conference, and he says this seems to imply that Andy Stanley has moved beyond biblical Christianity. This is who you're partnering with to address this topic. Yes. You know, someone who's literally in like a gay marriage. Yeah. Again, that is kind of telling to me, you know, and that you can't act like that doesn't send messages. Yeah. So absolutely. So then Andy Stanley responded to the article from Al Mohler with a message at his church this Sunday. And this was really shocking to me because Andy Stanley, he's been criticized a bunch, you know, I mean, big, big pastors, mm-hmm. they get criticized, right? But he's never, he's never done something like this. Mm-hmm. And he admitted that this is causing problems in his church. Right. You know, he blamed Al Mohler for the lack of clarity, which I think is really, really foolish to say, because I don't think that that's the problem at all. Right. Um, he did not publish the video or audio of this message online because he wanted to be a family discussion. But of course... We live in the year 2023. Everyone has a recording <laughs> device in their pocket. So it got recorded and put online. So I listened to the whole thing twice um, just to kind of really get what was going on. I know you listened to it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's fascinating how he approaches the topic. So at one point, he really makes a clear statement that he affirms biblical marriage. Right. So, yeah. Okay, so he says this. He, I'll quote here. So he says, so biblical marriage, biblical marriage is between a man and a woman. We've never shied away from that. We don't change the words in order not to offend people. Okay, so he okay. says it really clearly. So, so you what's could the say, problem, Brandon? Yeah, so headline, yeah. <laughs> Andy Stanley affirms biblical marriage, right? What's, what's right. the problem? Well, th- I think what we see in the rest of the message, if you're mm-hmm. a discerning listener, is that the rest of the message really muddies the water and seems to say the opposite at points. Yeah. So let me give you some, some examples. So <clears throat> one commentator said that he, what he saw in this was that Stanley was essentially trying to separate theology from pastoral ministry. Mm. So he was saying, oh yeah, our statement of faith, it remains unchanged. Yeah, of course, we, we check that box. We say what Christians have always said, but we're going to act in our practice entirely the opposite of our mm-hmm. statement of faith. Yeah. So we're not going to treat this like we would treat other sins, where we would be you know, patient and gentle, but call people to repentance. Right. We're going to act like the world would act. So our practice is going to be shaped by the world, mm-hmm. even though our theology claims to stand on Scripture. Right. So which is something I would, I would hopefully never do is separate those two things so drastically. Definitely. Well, it, and it kind of felt like, to me... Um, that he was throwing out that line, you know, that you quoted, biblical marriage is between a man and a woman, just to lean on in case anyone, like, had any criticism, right? But if, like, that is one tiny point and the rest of what you're saying is pointing a completely different direction, it's not really fair to say, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It reminded me so much of Barack Obama in 2012. Yeah. Oh, I, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Okay. But everything you voted on, everything, every value you promote, <laughs> right. the, the church you go to, all these things mm-hmm. seem to indicate the opposite of that. And sure enough, when it became politically convenient, the switch happened. Totally. So I don't necessarily, I can't, I can't say that's what's happening, but that it's either deep levels of confusion for Andy Stanley, mm-hmm. or there is something that seems more deceptive going on here. So I'm being totally honest. Right. So, you know, with all of this, if you take your theology for granted, if you say, well, of course we check that box, let's, let's never talk about it. Let's never teach on it. We <laughs> right. all know, we all know that this is sin mm-hmm. and whatever, then you're not really s- s- modeling what the Bible says, which is mm-hmm. the truth sets you free. Yes. The truth has yeah. practical value. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, it should shape the way that you practice your ministry as well. So right. some interesting things in what he said. One, one thing is that he said he has never given a message on this topic of, mm. of homosexuality before, which I thought was amazing. Can I get a fact check? I mean, <laughs> I, it's possible, but it's amazing, right? The guy's been in ministry since he was a fetus, you know, right. and he was, he, you know, exaggeration slightly, but he, I think he started like late in high school, you know, preaching wow. and teaching, mm-hmm. um, definitely in college he was doing it. And now he's 65 years old. Right. So he's got, I mean, f- over 40 years of full-time mm-hmm. ministry yeah. and he's never given a sermon on that, which is, it reminds me of what, what Martin Luther said, which is, if we defend the gospel mm-hmm. on every point that agrees with the culture, but not on the one point where it conflicts with the culture, mm-hmm. we're not really preaching right. the gospel. Right. So if you, yeah. you've never given people help on this, you've never taught on this, you've never mm-hmm. said, here's how you can think through these tough passages or mm-hmm. this tough issue, that to me was mind-boggling. Yeah. How could you, how could you neglect that? Um, and it's obviously all over Scripture as well. Well, and the reality is, too, he has addressed these topics before but again in uh in very unclear ways yes again so it's it's part of this greater trend that we've seen like we said this isn't the first instance he's been uh kind of confusing on this topic too Mm -hmm. absolutely um and then you know he said in the 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 sermon or talk whatever you want to call it he said he addressed the conference the unconditional conference and he said the conference wasn't teaching about theology of homosexuality. It was about how to love your LGBTQ plus children. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what he said. So that's why they had the speakers they did. And then he right. went on to say, we've had these speakers that were controversial speak at North Point, which is his church. They've spoken here, so we knew what they were going to say. I'm like, mm-hmm. so you invite these guys to speak at your church. Yeah. Now, maybe maybe you're, you're thinking, okay, I don't understand why this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> how does this make any sense? Okay, let's get someone who will lie to our children and lie to our parents about what biblical sexuality is. Right. And you don't, we don't agree upon the basics of this topic, mm-hmm. but we're going to invite them in to help shape our thinking about it. Oh, let's get people who are rebelling against God and, yeah. and have, have them encourage you to do the same. Mm-hmm. I, I read an article by a guy named Jeff Johnston, who, from what I, understand, what I gather, is. I, th- I think he used to be homosexual, and then he repented of that, and he's living uh, a holy lifestyle is what, what I hear. Huh. But he said, this would be like inviting the president of Planned Parenthood to speak at a church about ministering to women who've had abortions, or inviting a man who's married to two women to be the keynote speaker at a Christian marriage conference. <laughs> right. So if you believe right. that this is what biblical marriage is, it's a man and a woman for life, right. fidelity, all that stuff, and you invite someone who's married to a man married to a man. Yeah. Then how is that? I mean, that's a great comparison. Doing? It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Right. Um, and then I guess I mentioned David Gushy. Oh, I think that's how, that's how his name is pronounced. I'm not sure, but um, a prominent LGBTQ advocate. He had a breakout session or a seminar, whatever, whatever they called it, that was titled "Wrestling with Theology," <laughs> pointing toward Jesus. Hmm. So Andy Stanley's saying, so. this is not about theology. We're not talking about theology. And then you have a pro-LGBT guy giving a talk about theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just it doesn't make any sense. Just and, a, a lot of it just feels so, yeah, disingenuous. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, no, I, you know, I said the line. I said the marriage line. Oh, well, it's the title of the conference isn't about, like, theology and stuff. It's like, 
but look at what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and again, so. separating practice from theology. So you, you seem to believe that the best way to help people love LGBT folks is not to have someone come in who is, who has mm-hmm. struggled with that and turned from it and mm-hmm. embraced the scripture, but to have someone who's openly in rebellion against scripture, multiple people. Right. That's what's going to help people to, to love their kids. Mm-hmm. It's completely insane. So right. again, is there just total confusion on any of these part? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. So, yeah. um, he he said uh, he said that Al Mohler's so Andy Stanley said in his in his, his message he said that Al Mohler's version of Christianity quote draws lines and Jesus drew circles he drew circles so large and included so many people in his circle that it consistently made religious leaders nervous unquote so lines versus circles. I thought this was a really interesting analogy, and obviously I can understand what he's trying to say. Like We're trying mm-hmm. to include people and welcome them Draw in them. instead of yeah. saying, like, you're either holy or you're not, and get out of, get out of here because you're not, you're not good. Mm-hmm. But are these two things really mutually exclusive? I mean, couldn't no. Jesus say there's a line between right and wrong? Mm-hmm. You're either for me or against me. He makes a lot of black and white right. statements. You're either sheep or a goat. Um, but then also he loves sinners, and he mm-hmm. spends time with sinners. Right. Like, can't you do both? And... I don't even see them as mutually exclusive. I see you have to be clear with sinners mm-hmm. and tell them they're sinning in order to love them. Right, right, absolutely. And I mean, Jesus is constantly inviting people out of that these destructive lifestyles, you know, yeah. and yeah, into his arms, right? Yeah. Where there's righteousness, there's peace, there's truth. So it's, <laughs> I mean... You know, the scripture you're talking about, such were some of you, right? Like, that's what we want for people, right? A- anyone who believes in the in the gospel was at one point just fully, like, living in sin. Yeah. And the gospel draws them out of that and into new life, yeah. right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, I, and there was totally missing from his message any mention of you can turn from this sin. You can become someone new. Yeah. There's life and joy in mm-hmm. following Jesus. Mm-hmm. What he did, he did speak, okay, in the in the sermon, and I'll give a longer quote here. Again, it's not, it wasn't really a sermon. In his mm-hmm. talk at his church on Sunday, he, he goes on to speak about how people that struggle with same-sex attraction have prayed many times that God would take it from them. And he said a couple mm-hmm. times, God did not answer their prayer, which I thought was interesting, like just the way he was saying that. Yeah. So I don't want to read too much into it, but... So he said this, though. So listen. So this is after he had said biblical marriage is a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. He said, and this is a quote, <clears throat> many are convinced that traditional marriage, many being many homosexual people, are convinced that traditional marriage is not an option. So they commit to living a chaste life. And for many men and women that, who put their faith in Christ, they decide, I'm just going to buckle down. I'm just going to bear down. I'm just going to be by myself. I'm not going to have family. I'm going to be sexually pure. And many, many do that for long seasons of time. For some, it's their whole life. So he's talking about celibacy, which is a completely pure and great life choice, right? as if it's something that's really miserable, mm-hmm. which I thought was really unfair. There's no, no point where he says, look, the apostle Paul was celibate, mm-hmm. and he said, you should do this. The, Jesus never had sex in his whole life, and look at how, how meaningful his life was. <laughs> There's never mention of that. It's just this yeah. really negative thing. And then he, and then he says this. But for many, that is not sustainable, meaning celibacy. And so they choose a same-sex marriage. Not because they're convinced it's biblical. They read the same Bible we do. They choose to marry, they chose to marry for the same reason many of us do, love, companionship, and family. Mm-hmm. So not super helpful of like what 
well, what are you trying to say there? Yeah. I understand trying to understand people and their sin and to, to sympathize with them, mm-hmm. but this seems to go further than that. It seems to be kind of condoning it and saying they have these valid, like it's, it's almost impossible to actually be celibate uh-huh. because, you know, sex is that important that if you're not having sex, you're pretty much, what are you doing? Are you, are you even alive? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and so they have no choice but to, to choose this. Well, and I'm just like looking at these three points, love, companionship, and family. In that kind of relationship, it's, it's not real love, right? Yeah. God defines love. For sure, it's yeah. Not, it's not true companionship. A, a, true, a true friend, a true companion would point you towards the Lord. Yeah. And it's not family. And just to be frank, you, you certainly can't build a family no. that way. So... No. It's it's just all of it just to kind of ring so hollow, you know. Yeah. It's just um, in that kind of uh, relationship, that's not where you're going to find any of those things. Whatsoever. Yeah, and again, I, I know many people have have said this, but just change the topic a little bit mm-hmm. and see if this this same paragraph would ring true, right? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, there are many people who want to practice incest, you know, and they they. This is what they're attracted to. They they're mm-hmm. not attracted. They mm-hmm. so if some people just buckle down. They say I'm not gonna be incestuous, but they just you know for many it's not sustainable, and so they choose to get <laughs> married to someone mm-hmm. in their family for the same reasons we do: love, companionship, and family. We would all be like, wait, what? Yeah, what <laughs> I'm sorry, what are you world? saying? Yeah. You don't have to like bring the hammer down and the hellfire and brimstone in talking about that subject. You can be yeah. compassionate, but yeah. you should be really clear of, hey, this is not what God desires for you. This right. is rebellion against God, and it will yeah. lead to destruction. Yeah, There's none of that yeah. here. So very concerning. And then a few times he really, this was really interesting to me, he distinguishes LGBTQ plus sins from the rest of sins. Which I thought was so interesting because yeah. I think conservative Christians are often, can, you know, they're called out for this saying, you put homosexuality in a different category. You treat it differently. Yeah, and, yeah. and of course we shouldn't in the sense of there are sins that are more damaging and more serious, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. no, of course we should accept and welcome someone who wants to turn from that sin just like any other sin. Sure. But he says, some of the things he said, um, <clears throat> he, he ended his sermon with a letter about his son who confessed to his parents his struggles with same-sex attraction after like 20 years of hiding it. Mm-hmm. And he says, this is what he says, he says, this is a quote from Andy Stanley, he says, look, all of us have felt shame about things we've done, and all of us have felt shame about things we haven't done, but I bet you've never carried shame about who you are. And he emphasized that yeah, R. That was- That's the difference. When people say to me, Andy, this is just like, I just stop them and I say, no, this is not like anything. This is an is. This is a category all unto itself. Wow. What a, I mean, stunning. So again, Mm -hmm. if you're a discerning Christian, you shouldn't just take that. We check the Mm -hmm. theological box. We're all good and move on. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying Mm -hmm. homosexuality is a sin unlike any other because it's actually the very essence of who you are. Yeah. It's your very being. Defines you. This is so unbiblical. This is such a crazy statement to make. It's, I mean, we could talk all day about this yeah. specifically and how and how shape this is by our culture which again mm-hmm. says your desire defines you so if you're not engaging in whatever your desire is specifically sexual because those are the strongest desires then you're not even an authentic person right i mean this right. is a category this is an is, is a category all unto itself that's not what the bible says Mm-mm. the bible is very clear yeah right 
Mm-hmm. That these are, this is one of a list of sins, yeah. and all of them can receive forgiveness from Jesus, and all of them, God can transform you. Yes. There's hope. Yeah. Oh, so what man. a condemning thing. If you're struggling with homosexuality, and he's giving you excuses for why you should get married, and oh, why it's, it's not really reasonable to be celibate, mm-hmm. and then saying this is who you are, Right. my goodness, I think I, as a struggling person, you could walk away and go, you know, it's not really a point in fighting this sin. I should just give in. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. It's all of this is just incredibly unhelpful to those people. You know, I mean, like bring, even like bringing parents to this conference where you're having these guys in like a gay relationship. And, I, and I'm sure, you know, advertising it in a positive light, yeah. you know, it's just um, it's really sad because this kind of stuff is the last thing that um, these people who are struggling with this sin need. Yeah. You know? And, and I've said this before to our church, but imagine if you, with whatever sin that you have, if you were to walk into a church and to hear a message like this, mm-hmm. where it, it, you know, maybe at one point says you should change, but the bulk of it is saying, essentially, the you know, your struggle with this sin is understandable. Maybe even it's unreasonable to ask you to stop sinning mm-hmm. in this way mm-hmm. and that you're going to essentially, you, you're in a different category. Yeah. And so we can't criticize you. We can't really help you to turn from the sin. Imagine what that would lead to, an a, a ongoing addiction or something like that, oh, how destructive yeah. that is. Yeah, to tell people, man, how unbelievably hard would it be for you to like abstain from a sin your whole life? You yeah. know, eventually you're just going to give in. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's not helpful. <laughs> yep. And so. then at the very end of the message, forty-eight minutes in, I believe it was you know forty-nine minutes with a prayer, so like fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight minutes in, I, I'm pretty positive. You can go ahead and check me, but I'm pretty positive he quotes scripture for the very first time. After talking about this for, you know, close to an hour. Pastors, don't for the first do this. Do <laughs> not do this. So just, I mean, there's so many thoughts I have, but a couple of things. Our job as pastors is to be clear. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I there's a lot of things about Andy Stanley that I've appreciated over the years, things I've gleaned from him, mm-hmm. right? One of them is the importance of clarity and communication. Yeah, ironically. I've, you know, I've read his communication book a few times. It's, in a lot of ways, very helpful. I disagree with a ton of stuff in it, but... He really focuses on being clear in communication. So the fact that he was not clear here, it says something. Yeah. It says something. Mm-hmm. Um, our job as pastors is to be clear. It's also to take our cues from Scripture. Mm-hmm. So we don't just you know, say, yeah, I believe that in Scripture and toss it to the side. We uphold it and we right. show exactly why God said that. And we let the Scripture speak, not our own opinions. So, I mean, can you really imagine the Apostle Paul speaking about this specific sin yeah. with a million qualifications before? Oh. And really how the, you know, the church is so mean and all these things, instead of saying, no, there's, there's truth that will set you free. Right. And it's beautiful and, and you should embrace it. Bodhi Bauckham makes such a good point about that where whenever he hears a pastor talk about homosexuality, it's like a million qualifications yeah. that they're giving, you know, before they give you a little grain of truth possibly, right? Yeah. And it's just like, we don't need to do that, you know? Yeah. The world's not going to like what we say. That's that's what we've been told since day one. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, in Paul's context, they did not like what he was saying. Everything <laughs> he said about sexuality went against the ethic of his time in, right. in, the, in the Gentile world. Mm-hmm. Another thought I had was, 
when compromise comes, it, it won't be shouting and proclaiming itself as compromise. Mm. That's not how this typically works. It'll come slowly. It'll come, come disguised as love or mm-hmm. compassion or tolerance or yeah. openness. Yeah. It will often come from the mouths of those who are very well respected. And this is not, this is consistent with the pattern we've seen in history. Mm-hmm. So you have to be ready for it and be thinking about, well, what am I going to do when mm-hmm. somebody compromises? But no matter what, when the compromise comes, it will come in the ancient words of the serpent. Mm-hmm. Did God actually say? Yeah. Uh, did God actually say? Never, not usually as a statement immediately, mm-hmm. uh, we're changing something, just a question, just innocent questions right. repeated over and over again as we slowly drift into error.